Welcome to another amazing episode of Talking Sense. I am here with Josh Allen, Chief Revenue Officer of Drift. Hello. And if you haven't heard of Drift, you're clearly under a rock because it's sweeping B2B marketing and selling. So tell us a little bit about Drift. Either under a rock or not on LinkedIn. It would, <laughs> it would be. Uh, tell you about Drift. So, so Drift, um, we're in the space of, of conversational marketing and conversational marketing to us is really like we are trying to help our customers engage in conversations with their customers at their points of highest intent. So when they're on the website, when they're visiting, when they're trying to get more information um, and, and use the channels, whether it be chat or email uh, video in the future, other channels like voice and social, and, and really to be able to, to create an ecosystem where you're having that ongoing conversation with somebody who's interested in whatever your product or services are, uh, so that you can continue that engagement, continue the conversation, and help somebody get answers as quickly as possible. So I think, unfortunately, you've done a great job of adding bots to tons of websites, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, which is great. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure they're all maybe deployed up to the vision of what is Drift. Yes. And so sometimes, you know, people are like, oh, that's not a big deal. It's just a chat bot. Maybe unpack what great looks like versus just a bot on the website. Yeah, I think great gets people the answers they are there to get quickly. So great is, is like, for example, if you show up and you are on a, you end up on a form fill page because you want to download a white paper that a company is offering, um, what we've seen from a, from a data standpoint is that there's a group of people who will fill out the form page. And small. Small. 1.3%, 2% is probably a number that for most B2B companies hasn't changed. A lot of Mickey Mouse is in there too. <laughs> there's, <laughs> A lot of Mickey Mouse's. I think forms ABCs. are total bullshit, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's where I'm right. going, but okay. So, and it, and it probably hasn't changed all that much over time. So what we found is that if you introduce what we call a second net bot, so a, a chat bot that has a specific design and reason for existence is because there is a group of people who will not just leave when they see the form, they will engage with the bot and you can get the same information through the bot that you would have gotten on the form. So we're able to see a two to three X conversion in leads um, from that same page where you've had the same amount of traffic, but just a stagnant conversion rate because they will engage with the bot. Just because they feel like it's a more natural live interaction? It's a different experience because if you, if you're presented with a form fill and then you're presented with a bot that is saying hello and gives you a few buttons to click on in terms of what you're looking for, like it's making a guess as to what you're looking for, and you can go through that decision tree and get an answer, that person is gonna engage. Not everybody, but we will increase the conversion rate. So I think that's interesting. Mm -hmm. Again, forms are not really my thing. Mm -hmm. um, for better or worse, we have our process and we think about our process. If they come here, they're here to do this. So we're gonna set the page up like this. If they come there, we're doing this. And the reality is we have no clue. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We've just set it up that way because we always did that. Yeah. And so 
how does this sort of change the game and give better insights into really what customers want to do? Yeah, it's, it's a great question. I think the way we are tackling this, so there's like even the best bot builders we have as customers are still, they're assuming. They're assuming what somebody is there to get. And so you can maybe get to 70%, 75%, 80% of the correct assumption. To get to 100%, the way we're tackling the problem is actually through uh, what we call drift automation. So okay. it's conversational AI. And essentially it's a bot that is fed with the real human to human interactions that have happened there. So instead of assuming what direction and decision tree somebody is gonna follow, it has seen hundreds of thousands of previous interactions and can determine what the right answer and what the right response is to bring somebody through that process. Okay, so, but the trick there is you have to have that data to feed that bot. Exactly, so we can, we can do that in a variety of ways. We can take existing chat data, we can run drift for a little while. Just, it doesn't take a whole lot, okay. believe it or not, because okay. typically what you'll find on a pricing page, for example, um, there's a finite number of types of questions or interactions that you're gonna get. And then over time, the bot will learn, um, like you can misspell how you're asking for something, you can have bad grammar, you can use the wrong words, you can say it, and it will still pick up on what your intent is and be able to respond that way. So it does, it, we take about uh, two to three weeks to be able to train a bot how to do that on a customer's site. And then from there, we can get it um, it'll take another week after we put it live to optimize and really get that last mile, that last percentage point of accuracy. So talk to me about bot fails. Uh, bot fails. Well, I think there's, there's two ways a bot will fail. It's not the bot. It's how someone deployed the bot. It's how Just it's deployed. Just being clear. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, thank you. Because <laughs> yeah. the bot's going to work. It's going gonna, it's gonna to do what it's deployed to do. A traditional bot is as good as what you build into it. So yeah. it's as good as the decision tree and which path and how well you know the people that are on your website. So if you know uh, who's there and you know who you want to engage with and you know who you want to qualify, um, then you can build a really good bot process. Personalization is a really important component of, of closing that gap in terms of, uh, of B2B engagement. And what you see is with, like if you go buy something on Amazon today, they know who you are, um, they know where you live, they know what your shopping habits are, like they can provide a really nice service. We wanna bring it to a place where if I show up on a website, uh, I am greeted as personally as I possibly can be. And so with companies like Sixth Sense, when you can tap into data, when you tap into what we know about somebody or the company that's there, then you can, you can start the conversation off from a place that is a little bit further along than just a general, hey, how are you? And that is important because if a large company like General Electric shows up on your website, um, you wanna know who they are and you wanna start in a place that is different than if they were just a general user that you had no concept of who they are. Because if there's a big company that's on your website and you're an enterprise business, they're probably there for a reason. Mm -hmm. And you want to be able to initiate the conversation in a place of, of knowing. And then as, a, as the user on the other end, if I see a company understands who I am and where I'm starting from, 
that's a, that's a different use case altogether. Because I think in the B2B world, uh, we're used to subpar buying experiences. We're used to filling out forms that go to some scoring system in a marketing automation or CRM, and maybe somebody calls you in two days if you scored the right way. Maybe not. But you're We're probably going to get spammed for the rest of your life. Probably are. <laughs> Guaranteed. Yes, unless you <laughs> go through the process of unsubscribing and getting yeah. off that list. Yeah. Yes, you're absolutely right. So so I think with, with companies like Sixth Sense um, and Drift working together, it's about increasing the personalization and what we know about a potential buyer. So as salespeople, as marketers, you can be more intelligent about where you start that conversation. The other thing I'm thinking about is organizational design because so much, and this is why the identification of the account is so important. Like yeah. think about your sales team. Yes. A very different person is gonna handle General Electric mm -hmm. than you know www.latiny.com. Mm -hmm. So how do you help companies with that? Yeah, it's a great question and it comes up in, in most of our deals. And so the, the way, the best use case is if we have SDRs or BDRs or a team that is really responsible for qualifying a lead and being able to set a meeting. If you have a team like that, okay. then um, if it's, if it's a, a, somebody who shows up and we don't have um, personal information or don't have something that identifies them, then we can at least get it routed to the right person. If it is in that use case where, let's say, it's account-based marketing. And we know. And we know. And you know who the account rep is and who you want with their hand-waving and introducing themselves in the bot when they show up because of all the data we have uh, within Salesforce, for example. So we know who owns GE at Drift. We're going to be able to pop out that individual's face, welcome them back to the site, say thank you, and initiate the conversation so they know exactly who their rep is and who is going to be driving the engagement going forward. Now, have you given like SLAs to your team? Yeah, yeah, that's a... So that's a big... Because we've also changed the lead type. So uh, we've heard of MQLs, right? Marketing qualified leads. I don't believe in them. We focus on CQLs, so it's chat qualified leads. Okay. So, and they're the best leads that we have in the business because these are people who have come to the website, who are engaging with the chat bot, they are at their point of highest intent. They are, um, they want to talk to us. They want to engage with us. So CQLs are our highest converting lead source. And oftentimes a CQL results from um, our outbounding efforts where we're trying to get in touch with somebody or uh, a marketing event that happened or a webinar that occurred or, or just direct to drift because they heard about us on LinkedIn and saw DG in one of his posts on LinkedIn and they come direct to the website and they flow through, but because we're able to engage when they are really trying to learn and are most interested in what Drift has to offer, um, there is a high conversion rate because it, they're, they're in that learning process and we can give them all the information they need. So back to the SLAs, yep. have you, is it just these leads are so awesome that people are fighting for them and you don't have to dictate that? Or have you managed through a process of you need to respond within a minute or something like that? Yeah, we so we ha we actually even have, a minute sounds long. It is long. That's not a great chat experience if it's a minute. Yeah. Um, but the bot does a lot of the work up front. We actually have uh, we have CDRs. So we have chat development reps on our team. <laughs> so if somebody comes in, they will hop right in. So do I need to put this headcount on my budget? 
How yeah. many CDRs do I need? <laughs> you tell me how many chats you have, and I'll tell you how many CDRs you need. Um, but it's been fantastic because they're they're able to engage with that customer and give them the right experience, and then help direct them to the place they need to go to get more information. So that could be it could be booking a meeting, it could be following up with their account manager if they're an existing customer, it could be with an account executive, and depending on kind of which segment they fall into. So to your point earlier, if it is GE they get the right level of service and expertise and somebody who can go deep on understanding with what it means to potentially use Drift at an enterprise global level. That's a different conversation. Okay, so I'm bought in to the, the side of this equation that is all about a better prospect experience. That's mm -hmm. something I believe in. I think yeah. our the way that we prospect is horrendous. No wonder we have Mickey Mouses and Sally Swags in our lead database. Um, and I love that this is like, letting the prospect drive when they want to engage. It's getting them more quickly to someone qualified to have a good conversation with them versus mm -hmm. taking them through a bunch of hoops. So mm -hmm. I'm totally bought into that. It is, I think it takes some forethought to do it right and some change management. What's the payoff? The payoff, uh, what we find is especially with, with customers that have good amount of website traffic, um, they have, you know, an average contract value that is something north of $10,000 or $15,000 in annual value. If, if you're, the payoff is that great customer experience and good engagement when somebody is on your high intent pages, it's going to lead to more meetings and more conversations, which tend to lead to more opportunities to close deals, which then lead to close one. So. The payoff as it relates to ROI is hugely dependent on who the company is and what they sell and how they sell it. Um, but our customers are all seeing an uplift based on what was the status quo, where they were before. And that's sort of this, I think I've heard you say speed to lead, mm -hmm. but clearly it's good for the deal closing process. Yeah. And so speed to close. And, and just to be clear, because I know as CRO, like it, you know, people will think in their heads, like oh, he just cares about the sale. The reality is, the only reason we close more is because it's a good customer experience, and you're able to figure out if it's the right fit. Like that's that's all it is. This is like our first leadership principle at Drift is put the customer at the center of everything we do. And if you can show a great customer experience when they show up on your website. They associate that with your brand and what you do and how they're going to be treated throughout their lifetime with you. And so that, like for us, is what we care about most um, uh, for ourselves and how we present ourselves to the market, but also for our customers and how they present themselves to the market. So that's why like our customer success is really important to us because we need to be able to teach the world how to build and deploy bots correctly because these are our customers and their brand that they're putting out there. So it needs to be a positive experience. So we've talked a lot about inbound. I have actually been most impressed by Drift's outbound mm -hmm. and your incorporation of, A, incorporation of video, but then just kind of tenacity to get after it. Yeah. So like, how do you create that prospecting culture how do you get, you know, I love the use of video. Mm -hmm. Have you driven that? Has that been something you've it's, you know, it's fostered? Been, it's been core to, I think it's been core to Drift as a company in that um, you have conversational marketing. Well, what comes with that is conversational selling. Like we've got to be able to sell in a way 
that is, that is highly personalized. Do you know that we don't have phones on our desks at Drift? We don't use the phone very much. Okay. Like there's not a lot of cold calling. There's not a lot of blind outbound calling. And it's not necessarily because we don't believe in it. It's just that it's, it's impersonal. It's impersonal in sort of blanket coverage. So we'd rather use a highly concentrated, like if we're reaching out to you, we would reach out, we would know something about you, we would know something about your company. Um, I don't know if you're the beneficiary of this, but oftentimes we'll actually show what the drift experience on your website would look oh, like. Oh, I, I, right? I got 20 of them. Yeah. So it's, <laughs> but it's, it's, it's like we do it because... I mean, it, it was borderline psychotic, <laughs> but I loved it. <laughs> We, it, I appreciated it. It is, and it's and it's 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 a, it's a lot of work. Like it, the team takes their time in understanding who that's their potential what, buyer is. I think that's yeah. what made it not psychotic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm outside my your door, videoing we, your website. We it do, came from a good place. We do, and and so we do aim for quality over quantity, and I think that is something that I have been very proud to instill in the team. Is that like it is about the quality of our outreach here, how we're engaging with because it's not a prospect to us, it's a it's a future customer. Like we look at everybody as a future customer of Drift. And whether that's using our video platform, if chat is the right fit for them now or something else down the future, we do believe we will engage with them. So for us it's about high quality outreach where we know a little bit about you and we can at a high level talk about what we think we can do for you. So I yesterday. Know colossal fuck up. <laughs> Colossal? Yeah. Um, uh, this would probably be from my last role. Before I came to Drift, I was at Cargurus. Cargurus, I don't, a lot of people don't know the story uh, on the B2B tech side, but it was one of the fastest growing companies in Boston. So when I joined, we were about 120 million in revenue. And by the time I left, which was only two and a quarter years that I was there, um, they were on a $440 million run rate. So like in a very condensed amount of time, we hired, we went from 70 on the sales and success team to 300. So you were just hiring people. We were just hiring people <laughs> and we were just going. And, and it, was, it, was a, it was an amazing lesson in people management and leadership development and good hiring processes. And like you had to build this repeatable motion to make it work. Um, Okay, so then what? In my first year, <laughs> in my first year, our highest performing sales team, um, they, were, they were ripping and they were doing really well. Uh, I made a change. I made a change to their territories that I thought was the right thing to do. It was taking it from being like round robin distribution, like everybody just kind of grabbing whatever they want, which had been working apparently. And I was like, we're going to move to geographical territory because as we got deeper into the addressable market, who we could go after, there's only so many car dealerships in the US you can go after. Um, we needed to be able to put the right teams in the right and geos. And really work it. And work it correctly, understand what was going yeah. on in the market because Florida is different than what's going on in New England. that's not an abnormal move. It's not an abnormal move, but the outcome it drove was abnormal because in a quarter's time, our revenue within that team uh, keep in mind, this team was a contributor. They were our primary contributor in the company. Their revenue in a quarter dropped off by 40%. And that was all, that was like one decision that was changing territories. 
and not having a deep enough understanding as to the downstream effects by making those moves. And so like it was, I remember uh, Langley, if you're listening, the conversation he and I had, my former CEO there, um, uh, he said, you know, you, you kinda, it's okay. I, as long as you understand what happened, why it happened, and that you're gonna fix it and get it back on track, it's your one warning. <laughs> and it was fair, but that, that, was, a, that was a big one because that was, that was uh, a quarter before we went public as a company. So that was a major one. So one sales buzzword that you just can't stand. Prospect. Prospect is one. That's a big one. Just because you you think they should. Which why? Uh, I think it's a cold word. I think it makes everyone that you're reaching out to sound like a a number or a target, as opposed to a human. So and what do you call them? Future customers. Oh, I like do. that. Yeah, because and and I I believe I love that saying. I believe in it too. It's like when you work for a company where you believe in the technology that is that you're building so much um, that you believe everybody who is in B2B could benefit from it at some point, they're future customers. They're future customers. Yes. So for all of the Talking Sense listeners that are Drift future customers, mm -hmm. where can they find you if they want to reach out? Yeah, so um, you can reach out directly to me. I'd love to engage with everybody. It's just josh at drift.com. Um, or you can come to our website if you want to get a feel for what Drift does and how the bot engages and how our technology works. Come check out the website. Just go to drift.com and you can engage with a variety of bots, whether it's on the events page or the pricing page or the home page. Because um, I think it's cool to go through the experience and feel it and understand what it would be like on the other side. All right. Well, thanks for coming. Thanks Thank for you sharing for having me. your experience. Yeah. I learned a lot. Really excited for our bot and our partnership. And I appreciate you sharing your colossal effort. I can't wait to see the attitude that your bot has. <laughs> I'm excited for that. That'll be fun. It might get. That might be my colossal fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank Thanks, you, Josh. Thank you. <laughs>